Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Camille and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour. Here we are on a Friday, and we have a caller in the queue, 630. We'll be getting to your call shortly. For those of you who have not taken the plunge, again, 914-338-0164 is the call-in number. Press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. Did I already announce the phone number before I said before you take the plunge? Did I announce the phone number twice? Oh, well, I thought I did. Yeah, I have a headache. I, I don't know. Um, anyway, the phone number has been announced. We've established that. And uh, to get in touch with us, do press one on your handset. Also, we would really, really appreciate it if our callers joined us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked under our blog talk radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. Wait, you're done loud um, and you may like our pages send us a friend request follow us on Twitter so on and so forth oh what else anything else anything, no, was there something that you wanted to say about anything no let's get to our call and go from there okay let's hello good morning hi Hi, it's Jenna. Jenna, hi. Hi. Sorry to hear you have a headache. That's okay. That's okay. I'm used to them, <laughs> so that's that's the good thing. I I know it just makes you know functioning. <laughs> a little functioning, bit more yeah, a little more challenging. Do you get headaches yourself? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yes. Really. I never used to, but I have in the last few like- years. After your pregnancy? Yeah. So probably yeah. some hormonal change. I don't know what your doctors think, exactly. but that's what I'm getting on a psychic yeah. level. So what do you do? What do you do to treat them? Usually nothing. I'll just try to hydrate and wait for them to pass. I usually don't take any medication. Yeah, it's probably a better idea. I mean, I I went for years and years and years without treating them, but they're just, you know, they, they're persistent and pretty severe. So sometimes you have to have medical in, intervention. They didn't give you anything like a, a trypsin? They they didn't because I guess I, I wasn't having them as frequently as I am now. And so I haven't brought it up to my doctor. I probably um, would just just check in to make sure because there can be all kinds of things that are, that go on with the brain. Of course, we're not allowed right. to diagnose or anything. And I don't suspect that there's anything serious going on at all, but mm-hmm. it's good to get that checked out. And if they have increased, they can rule out anything that might be more serious and maybe prescribe something that's that you can use on occasion to help you function. Because when you have a kid, it's, it's mm-hmm. more difficult because of the responsibility of, um, you know, being present for that child. Right. Yeah, exactly. So today what's going on? What's the birthday? Again? I know you're 31 four, but it's your birthday again. Uh, 10, 26, 84. 10, 26, 1984. Okay. Okay. And your question. Um. So I guess I don't have a general, well, I guess I was just curious as to what 
maybe coming up for me this year, like what maybe my focus might be or um, areas of change? Well, are we talking, I mean, you're probably wanting a general, so there's, I mean, you know, different segments of person's life. And so right. we've talked before about perhaps having another child, things have improved with your mm-hmm. husband, but you're not still sure if you want to go through with that process again with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess career, given the mm-hmm. fact that your daughter is going to be at an age where she's, how old is she, like four? Is she four or she's yep. like, she, she is yep, four. Yep, she'll be turning four in a month. Yep. So that's, what's interesting about that, Jenna, is it's your master number. It's also the last number in your year. Um, so she's turning four. And so mm-hmm. this year, I mean, this year, let's, I'm going to do a quick calculation. This year, she's going into preschool, or maybe if she was already in preschool, but it's still preschool mm-hmm. age, right? Oh, she's oh, yeah. turning four. So then she will be turning five in 2024, and that's when she'll go into kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything coming up for you, Neil, while I, I'm just trying to figure oh, out yeah. her in, birthday? In, in 2015, what went on with you, Jenna, in 2015? Cycle. Oh, my. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Um, how old was I in 2015? You were thir- uh, 31. 31. Um, hmm. I, I think I had moved sometime around then. I had moved um, towns and was in, had gone through a breakup and then was dating somebody else. Um, what else did I do? Maybe I traveled. Okay. I get the blur. Uh, so, have you did, were you ever acquainted with anyone who was very uh, athletic-minded, like like the ski, was into sports? Anybody around your I, life like that? Yes. Like, I mean, my my family, like my father is pretty athletic. Um, not skiing, um, but other sports. Um, and then I also dated someone who was into hockey and skiing. Okay, now that person you dated who was into hockey and skiing, aside from the fact that they've maybe come and gone, the energy of that human being is, that energy is now facing your future, not with that person, but with a person, mm-hmm. with a theme or a person like that. Okay. So that's what's coming up for you. Um, so a skater will probably be fathering her next child. Yeah, Hans Brinker. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's Hans Brinker, the new edition. Yeah. Uh, now that person that let's just briefly briefly go over that person, the one that did the hockey and and skating. Mm-hmm. Give us thirty second description of them. What your life was like with them. Oh well, I met him when I was probably twenty four. And we dated for almost four years, and we broke up, up around um, right before I think I turned 28, or right after. Um, and he was like athletic. He was kind of a nerd, um, really into like gadgets and um, electronics, and very like he could play the guitar. He kind of dabbled in a lot of things, um, but he was intelligent. Um, but I don't know, our relationship was good, but not, it felt a little, I don't even know. I don't know if it was okay, him so or me what, or what, but a little repetitive, okay. I guess. So it, well, it doesn't, he was past life and you mm-hmm. were him for roughly four years, your master number. Plus she, it was a, their breakup was at a master number. Yeah, 28. Which That's is a cycle. Seven, a multiple by seven. seven. So. Are you in a relationship? She's married. married? You're she's married, but, but there's been trouble. questions. I, I, trouble is is probably too strong a word to, to use. Ap- apathy, difficulty getting along on the same page. You know, she expressed maybe she isn't totally in love with her husband anymore. I don't know if that has changed. 
Okay. So, yeah, I guess trouble, but not in a dramatic, you know, like she's mm-hmm. getting the crap beaten out of her way. How old are you now? She's she's 38. Um, she'll be 39, and then she'll be 40. Obviously, that's going to be a big change okay. coming up that, so, um, in 2024. See, your, your journey now would be involved in making money that you alone – that is your money, not not really anybody else's money. I mean, it's community property. But right now, your journey would be adventuring into something where you make some kind of money or you create something or do something that might be lucrative in terms of monetary value. So we suggest things like topless, topless dancing, yeah. online porn. You can hide that from your husband and make lots of money. Yeah. Um, so do you uh, have any plans to do anything in business so I actually have an interview today um, for a new position um, where I would be making more money um, not a killing but it would be more money and a steady income as opposed to what I'm doing now okay that probably will come through oh did you say accounting no, no, it's um, it's another position. It's in early intervention, but it's, a, it's a, at a, in a clinical setting. She has a master's in child development. I or is there any? I don't know if I brought this up before, but is there anything regarding art in your background? Art? Why am I getting art? Um, there isn't. I mean, I like I love art. I love um, like. I feel like I have an artistic eye. I'm just not personally artistic, but I do really? like, like feng shui do, uh, areas, you know? <laughs> do, you do, any, yeah. uh, do you do any art no, therapy with children? I No, I, I do not. What kind of role do you play in child development? I, I basically, it's like play therapy. So I basically just, play with children and kind of guide them to talk more and, and like identify. Well, I have a question. Yeah. You have never used drawings to help ex- children express their feelings? Um, no, but when I was in the classroom, when I was a teacher, I did, we would do like alphabet boards and I would do drawings. Um, they would give me words and we'd draw them up on the board and write the names. Exactly. Um, so yeah, there's some drawing involved. That, yeah. What's your method of playing with the children? Um, really just like songs, little activities, stacking. Because, I mean, I work with pretty young kids. At, at this point, I've worked with kids one to three. Um, but the new position would be with slightly older kids. Um, so really just. Okay, so here's what I, I think. You'll probably, mm-hmm. More than likely, you'll get this new position that will raise mm-hmm. your income. So that extra money may be going into your private bank. I don't know. But then from there, you're going to be doing something with art therapy with children. I think so, too. Um, well, I mean, you, you may not have a plan, but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I do, too. And it sounds like you have, now that you retraced your steps backwards, on, in some formation, there's been art, art in, in the interactions you've had with children in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, Definitely. it's kind of like, well, yeah, of course, you know, there's a chalkboard, there's going to be some or art, you know, there's books and there's art illustrations and books, but this is coming through on a, on a stronger vibrational field of energy that there's going to be art in um, the future. Now, do you, are you still undecided about your marital situation? Um, yes, it's kind of like a... I, I'm like taking it day by day. So that's a good you know. attitude. That's mm-hmm. a good attitude. But yeah. I think it would be wise. I think Neil suggested this and I'm going to second his his suggestion that she that Jenna you keep some of this money for your own personal I mean, I don't know what the laws are in Illinois. Sometimes any money you make together is community property, so it's difficult. Well, she can have her separate shit together. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to advise badly but you know do you did you have any assets you came into the marriage with that are your assets alone 
No, most of our assets are all kind of, our large assets mm-hmm. are combined, um, so through marriage. Yeah. Well, it, it appears as though if, get, granted, you get this new position and you have a raise in, in, in income salary, <coughs> you might want to put away for yourself some money. Uh, maybe your husband will, won't mind that. But you should have a little separate uh, Jenna, Jenna, Jenna fund. That is yours. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And uh, I think you can do that without it being like, you know, stealing from the, the, the marital bank. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're dealing with one to three-year-olds. You <laughs> may be going to a higher age bracket. But... <laughs> You know, since you're getting a reading and art therapy is coming in, you might want to just for fun review some techniques about art therapy and expression. Um, Especially in relation to child education and how you work with children's emotions and how you're able to bond with them and have them, you know, reveal. I mean, trauma, not that you're working with traumatized children, but, I, you know, art can be a vehicle or a medium in which you can open up a child's traumatic yeah. history. And so there may be something there for you in, in the way of engaging a child that may have been traumatized. So there could be, you know, a, a, a possibility that you'll be able to help a child. You know, it's kind of interesting. They did studies in my back in my days in psychology and getting a degree and everything. They back, did back in prehistoric times. I don't know if they have records of Yeah, they, they, that. they're on the cave somewhere. They, but they, they did studies, uh, Jenna, where they would put a, a youngster, like a two-year-old youngster, uh, against a chimpanzee to draw drawings. And actually, the chimpanzee outdoes the youngster and exceeds in intelligence until about the age of three or four, and then they then the child rapidly becomes more intelligent than the chimpanzee. But having said that, there are wonderful paintings done by chimpanzees that are, are almost unmistakably artistic. You wouldn't even know. You think they're just scribbling, but granted that, that chimpanzees uh, excel the growth rate and intelligent rate of young little kids there's got to be something said for that. So there's a primitive quality because what you've been assigned to deal with primitive energy. If you're dealing with children, then you're dealing with the early years. And those early years can be designated as the primitive years of our history, if you will, if you want to go that far in definition and symbolism. So you're dealing with the very primitive years of one's existence, which starts to set roots. And it sounds like you're a little bit in play therapy. So play therapy is, of course, vital in terms of, in terms of adapting one's energy to who they're going to be, just like animals play, but they hunt each other and they start to bond and one becomes dominant and that kind of thing. So there's a certain energy. I don't know how far you go into this, but, uh, but it's just some, some food for thought. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing. I feel like, you know, I always, I always go back and listen after we've spoken. So it's, it's nice. I always do get so much <laughs> from our talk. Thank you. Is it J-E-N-N-A? Yeah, it's J-E-N-N-A. Do you have any French background? Not that I'm aware of. English. Are you English? Honestly, it's, I know my mom's side is like Russian, Lithuanian, Italian, and then my father's side is German, and I know he's kind of a mix of things, so, um, but I don't know his side as well. I don't know ethnicity. German and English is kind of interchangeable because of Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, what's happening with Germans and English people and the royal families. Have you, They're related. Have you ever been to France? Have you ever known anyone who's French? Um, I, you know, I, wait, is he French? Is he French? I think I, <laughs> I have a friend of a friend whose husband is, I'm pretty sure, French. <laughs> I think he's French. Well, well maybe, maybe, maybe he's Basque Spanish. He should be French Basque Canadian. French. 
but the friend, the friend that you're thinking of, the friend that you're thinking of, who is this person? It's um, actually a friend of a friend. So my husband's um, best friend and his wife. It's her, her friend, her friend growing up. It's her husband, her friend's husband. So, so I have another question to ask you, uh, just on the oddball syndrome that we're on. Have you ever um, gone camping or rented a cabin where you you did it with another family, so you were all sort of just hanging out in this cabin for a vacation? So our friend, this same couple, <laughs> um, has a cabin in Wisconsin that we have been with, like, our family and their family, yes. Yeah. So you see how how the reading flows and it gets into these mm-hmm. Weird connections, which is part of the (laughs) journey of doing a reading. But what it means is that now this takes us to a different theme, Jenna. Since you review the archives, you're dealing with these children on a tribal level. So if we go backward in time, before you you were Jenna, when your soul was in another energy field, body, you were a teacher within a tribe. And you probably simultaneously took care. You might have even taken care of children while the men were on the hunt. So you might have had some, there might have been some shamanship since you graduated to a diploma. But we, we, we know that in your primitive background, past life, you were tribal and you took care of children either as a shaman and or as a, you know, care, like a female uh, caregiver within the tribal zone. So what you're doing now is tribal. And your new position will probably extend into some kind of tribal past life where the potential superior boss that you have will mention art to you. Just maybe out of the blue. But that is the echo coming from a past life. And hiring a tribal member from a past life. And you're in what state again? She's in the in, in Indian territory. Yeah, Indian territory. Illinois. Yeah. I mean, everywhere oh, yeah. is kind of Indian territory in the United States. But <laughs> I mean, right. yeah. more areas specifically so. And yeah. Illinois for sure. So the cabin signifies the premise, if you will. I'd rather abstract, but the premise that our words are true. Do you have it comes in in alignment with some validation? Any any Indian artifacts in the home, like a feather, or I mean anything. I I mean I I collect some like gems and crystals, so I feel like you know some of them are very you know. That was my next. Um, that was what I was going to say next is gemstones, but I'm seeing a feather for some reason. So I, you know, maybe you'll happen across a feather or maybe you should get a feather and just kind of stick it in a, a, uh, a vase. Are there any Indian, I'm, I'm sure there are Indian stores in the area that you live in. You know, not that, I mean, there are some, like, spiritual stores, which I feel like probably would have maybe some, like, Native American type, you know. I would say Native American, not a spiritual store. Native American. uh, Kirsten's reference to a feather, in the Indian culture, a feather either means peace or it's a sign of having made a kill, buffalo or scalping. Feathers signify a rank. Now, a feather could mean a peace symbol, but it could also mean a symbol regarding um, sportsmanship, where we were before. Anybody in your background ever owned a gun or went hunting? Yeah, my grandfather. Yeah. So, see, now, we, now we're now we moving deeper, forever penetrating your, your – we're doing a reading on your soul. Mm-hmm. So uh, – now we're getting deeper into the essence of what is opening up, given that we had some time here. Yeah, we do. What is opening up into a more of a thorough reading, uh, you know, maybe not something you'd like experience in a private reading, but as long as you're on the air, you're getting the advantage of getting a more in-depth 
best reading in terms of what is the constitution of your soul and why are you here and why did you call to, to ask about your future when we've already now penetrated your past mm-hmm. and opened up your background? I know it might seem a little heavy to you, but not. But you're, you're a psychology major. I don't think it's too heavy. But this is where this is coming from. Also, somebody had an eye injury. So do you know anyone who ever had an eye injury? Um, my mom has been, like, going back and forth to the doctor because I think she has some form of, like, I don't know if it's, like, glaucoma or, like, cataracts. I don't know. It's something well, that she kind of goes back and forth. Okay. So, you see, a lot of the reading has been based on male energy. Now we get into the female maternal energy and we get into the idea of, well, just to validate the premise about your mom's possible glaucoma and going to the eye doctor and preceded by the idea that somebody had an eye injury or something. So now we're getting into the element of your own maternal instincts. You, uh, Jenna, you have to analyze in your own private time the sides of you that are masculine and the sides of you that are feminine and clearly define for yourself how do you represent the feminine side and how do you represent the masculine side? Because that's going to come in very important to you in about two years. You're going to need to know, you're going to look back at that list and you're going to thank us for prompting you to look at it. If you haven't done that already, maybe you did it in your mind, but I'm saying put it on paper. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm immersed in Google looking for feathers for oh. her area. Sorry, were you waiting for me to say something? I'm like, my head's down, and it's like, I'm like, I don't know, I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm being told yeah. that she should get a feather, an Indian feather. I would seek that out, Jenna. I, okay. You know, we don't use a lot of, um, you know, we don't tell people to do rain dances or, you know, sage their homes or, <laughs> or do, do you know, get certain types of objects in order to protect them that often. But I am hearing to get an Indian feather. That's what I'm hearing. And I would do it. I would do it. Okay. And I agree with Neil's advice about making, making a record of the feminine and masculine aspects of your of your um, being and evaluating that at this point. Um, again, I'm not sure about the child situation, the, new, the, the child that you may be having with your current mm-hmm. husband, but you are getting up there in terms of reproducing. I mean, I guess ladies these days, I've heard a lot that ladies have children older because they put their careers first and then have babies later. But it does get harder as you um, as you get older. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. That's why it's been been a thing that's been on my mind. Um, you know, it's kind of like always in the back of my head. But I guess you know, if I was meant to only have one child, then you know, then so be it. Um, you know, it's just sometimes like I just I think about my child, my only child, and wanting her to have somebody to grow up with and yeah have a companion yeah it's important I mean there are a lot of only children and there can be wonderful things that happen with only children but right there are you know there's there's mis socialization because they don't get to grow up in the house with other children and then you know sometimes they take on a kind of selfish attitude I mean that can be a trait of an only children child but it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. ruin them for you know succeeding in life being an only child, but there, yeah, there are definite advantages to having siblings. So, I mean, it's something to consider, but you definitely want to be sure that the person you're with is the person you want to be the father of your child. Right. Right. So that's my two cents about that. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen. I appreciate it. Anything with rain boots, like a rain boots lately. I mean, I don't even know what the weather's like there. Anything rain boots. <laughs> my, my daughter that's my daughter's uh you know uh, footwear of choice these days oh 
So we're back to the child. So daughter's footwear of choice is rain boots. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you've got to make a decision about what you want to do about that baby. For sure. I feel like with this, I really do feel like in my soul, like with this change and shift in career, I feel like it's kind of like I said, like that kind of one day at a time, like I feel like this is a positive shift in my life. And so I feel like with this shift will bring maybe more clarity and direction. And then, you know, I'll kind of. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it. it out. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it and go about it. So you're not like rushing a decision. You don't want to rush into pregnancy and, you know, maybe the job will, I mean, your burden of the job may, may be so overwhelming that you wouldn't have time for a child. Or maybe you find out that, yes, you know, there's enough time for a child and then, and then you can start to make a decision on how you want to proceed. But I would definitely get that Indian feather and um, anything else you want to say, Neil, before we close. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And Jenna, follow us. I don't know if you ever have. We're on Facebook and you know, on Twitter. I, I was just, when you, you mentioned it, and so I just logged on to Facebook. So I'm, I'm going to go find you. <laughs> okay. I'm so yeah. glad. I go yeah, under a different name on Facebook just because, oh, you, do. you know, the education world. But, yeah. I see. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people kind of keep their identities private. So we're our friend page is Neil and Kristen and then Baker. But Neil and Kristen is all one word. But our oh, um, right. Neil Baker Psychic is a page, and the Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic Hour is another page. So you can send us a friend request, and you can like our pages. Welcome to do all of it. I will. Okay, thank, thank you, you, guys. Bill. You guys have a great day, and hope you feel better. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Jenna. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It is. Robert Blake. Blake yeah, look, where is like he was well, in the art game comedy, and he was in Beretta, and he was in a few movies in Cold Blood, Electric Light and Blue. I texted a friend, and I said, Robert Blake died. We always have a competition about who gets the dead person first. It's really morbid, but, who, who, you know, it's this running tab. And, and the person responded, who's Robert Blake in the, in the cure? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. He, you know, no, not in the well, cure. Well, he was also became infamous for a possible murder of his, uh, of, uh, his companion, uh, Blakely. His name was Blakely. And there was some controversy whether he shot her or not, but he fell somewhat into He's always a difficult person, had a rough childhood. But what's interesting is that his birth date um, was 1933, and he was a 34 7. Now, at the time he turned 34, he landed the role in uh, the movie In Cold Blood, uh, where he portrayed the real life murderer, uh, Perry Smith. And this really put him on the map. It was uh, based on Truman Capote's book. It was based on a real-life murder, and he played this character. And and that was at the time he was 34. As he approached later years, like his master number was seven, so seven years later, he's already starring in, in Electric Light and Blue, and he's starting Beretta. So here's somebody who's has some really high energy going on in terms of his master number, not to mention the fact that as a youngster, he was in the art gang comedy. He was not in the early Little Rascals. He was in the art gang where he played Mickey, you know, with Froggy and all those people. It wasn't the real early Little Rascals. He always forced me to watch these videos, and I'm kicking my feet doing it. Yeah, he, he, uh, he was actually a talented... He had a he had one part in one of the uh, art in one of the art gangs where he's crying about his mother and dad and I mean it was one of the few scenes where in our gang there was some position of emotional performance. The earlier Little Rascals had a lot of 
wonderful kid actors, just marvelous. But when we got into the Our Gang later, uh, the performers, they, 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 they were more just pretty surface. But Mickey, he played Mickey. His performance was pretty outstanding in that regard. Uh, and then he, of course, later went on. His role in, uh, in Cold Blood was really horrific. It was traumatizing the way that he played this character. He was a difficult person. No, no doubt about it. He's very difficult on the set. He caused havoc everywhere. He was always in a fighting mood and caused a lot of disruption. The idea that, oh, he, you know, he was also in a brief scene in The Treasure of Sadra Madre, uh, yeah, Madre, Madre with Humpy Bogart. So he had quite an interesting life, but the turmoil uh, of somebody's life like that um, in regard to his number, where he has an eight as a power energy in his day. But you say to yourself, and his 1933 becomes a seven. Three is kind well, of Well, wait a second. Number. So his 91833, well, there's a problem right there because he had a big drop. I mean, the nine to one is a big drop. But the 18, you know, he rises back up to that eight. That's powerful. The 918 is an 18. And then he drops. To 33, which is one mark under his master number, I mean a karmic number, four, 34. His 33 was the life he lived prior to the one he, uh, he was in this time. He was a 33-6 yeah. in his previous life. You know, he shared the same month and day as James Gandolfini, who also had his rough years. But the, you know, when you look at, when you're just because he's a topic at hand, because he just just passed away. He was old. He was 89. But when you look at his, when you look at a, a birth date, and you start to analyze, in our method of numerology at least, what occurs at a person's karmic break, and karmic breaks are very important. Uh, this is something we go into great depth about in our up and coming book, over a thousand. Over well over a thousand pages. Now. A thousand. We've I mean, been well over a thousand long. pages for five, like six years. We're probably at about two thousand pages in in book form. Yeah. So well, you know when you put all the notes into draft. book form, yeah, it's rough draft. It's but a, our notes are about two thousand pages right. in book form. And you know, ten years work is involved in it so far. Ten? Um, well, about nine. We oh. started in twenty fourteen. Oh, February twenty fourteen. Yep. Really? Yes, well, we did. I thought we started earlier. No, we didn't. Mm-mm. Well, uh, we started in 2014, February. Correct. Was so, what I said. Uh, yeah. So nine years. Okay. So nine years. Um, Three cycles of my master number, actually. Yeah. Maybe something's coming for me. What am I going to uh, get, Neil? Big slime across the face. Exactly. I knew exactly where you're going. Ah, that's the twin soul energy. Nancy said that to Linus. Formed a fist with her hand. That's and and we are Nancy Linus. Yeah. You remind me of Linus. Um, And I remind you of Nancy. Doing a radio show is not only with a female is not only uh, fun; it's downright dangerous. (laughs) Um, But. so when you, you know, in our method of numerology, okay, so we came up with these nifty ideas about wow. of what the codes mean and, you know, we've got it all copyrighted so we don't, you know, sharing this on the air before the book is actually published for those out there. The book's already copyrighted with the Library of Congress. But the idea that uh, we have devised and and, and Transformed in, in a finer tune, if you will, finer notes, finer discussion, what a birthday code really means. Because you just think a birthday is something that you, you get staffed with to, to designate the day, the month, day, and year you were born. Well, I want to make a correction. But I want to make a to, correction, though. I just want to make a quick correction because I'll be uncomfortable if we don't. You came up with the codes. You taught me the codes. Were we appointed, quote, anointed to come down and disseminate this information? Yes. My karma, for some reason, got scrambled up for whatever reason. 
was, should we both have the knowledge? Yes. But, you know, you were the one who came up with the codes. So I want to make very clear that um, not that there are new discoveries that I haven't made on my own and things like this, but I want to be very clear about who we credit with what. And yes, we're writing this book together. We were, we came down to write this book. This is our mission, but you invented the codes. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, well, I don't like it, people it, that steal from each other and I'm not going to take credit where it is to not do. Well, well, to, on the present stage, that's fine. Thank you. But on the present stage, now we're working together. We're developing these things. We have deep discussions about it. And, um, you, you know, it, it's the, the idea, I mean, we're trying to make the birthday into something different than just sheer basic numerology, that you get a master number and then you compose a, the master number to a certain descriptive element of a personality. And maybe you add a few things here and there to it. Right. And having the mind to absorb the depth of what is uh, what goes on in birthday codes. I mean, that that's another part of, you know, us being this team writing the book together. I mean, some people are only going to go so far in their interpretation or understanding of those codes. And so it gets it becomes very basic to some people and to others. There's a great depth. And so, you know, you're not, you know. Yeah. And there are many textbooks and academic books based on numerology, which is ancient, 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 back to biblical times. And there are some very fine books that go into great depth, five, 600 pages about numerology and different configurations and what it means and triangulations and everything. So, but we, that's all said and that's all nice. I've read all those books. I've looked at them, studied them, absorbed them. What we've done is taken it into a whole different position of a narration that it doesn't seem to fit anything that's been done before. So our method, which we're not going to reveal today, it's going to be in the book, but our method of numerology is, I think, because it how one can look at one's birth date and almost adjust the measurements of its power in terms of what the individual is doing. Because the birth date actually jumps around like a scrambled score. You can take, it's just not A, B, C, D, E. It's just not month, day, day, year, year. It's just, it, it doesn't work that way. And there are certain elements in the in the birth date that root back to the to the ancient position of the origins of the universe. Well, yeah, actually. and in and, fact, and and, and, um, and humankind creation. Yeah, for those of you who are mute, since you were, did, did, um, treated us to that beautiful rendition of the ABCs, yeah. for those of you who are musically inclined, you know, graph your birth date um, according to uh, according to a score, you know, yeah, write yeah. out your birth date numbers and you can do it in any key. So, you know, there's all kinds of different, I mean, in a minor key versus a major key, what your birthday sounds like and, the, and the, you know, the, the intervals, the jumps. Right. Unfortunately, my tune came out of Anatepka. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. It, it all comes out as, as some, form of, of, of sound. Mine came out as born to lose. That's weird. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine came, actually, mine came out as hit the road jack. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and, you know, Ray Charles was our teacher. Well, mine came out as respect. Oh. Well. Oh, come on. That's fine. That's fine. Get, get another one. We could go back and forth all day. Yeah, we can. Um, uh when, when, so when, so the vibrational energy of a of a birth date is something that is what I would consider to be active. The birth date is totally active, and you can communicate with your birth date once. Well, having read our book, once you understand how to connect to the numbers and what they actually mean. Your first tool will be a megaphone. A megaphone, yeah. 
there there is a tone. You know, it goes it goes all the way back to the whales song, the sirens, the position of what it means. Everything has a different tone. It, even if you uh, analyze, uh, we were watching um, the dog whisper. So he says, oh, that bark, that sounds like a mean bark. It's actually an excited bark. He's overly excited and he's uncertain, but it looks like he's really mad. You know, dogs have different tones in their bark. And if you understand via the whisperer aspect, you can get it. Just like a cat, if they're going to greet you, they usually chuckle, chuck. Or they do a trill. Yeah. Trill. And if they're hungry and they're obnoxious and they do a long meow. You know, they, 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 there's, a, there's an intricate system of communication. And so when we look at that tonal sort of analysis, even with birds, birds will, when birds get to know you, if you feed them and they get to know you, they'll actually, in their language, say hello to you. They'll acknowledge you. There's ways that they thank you. Definitely. Like that. And the same with animals. There's so many stories about animals thanking people. There's been a high activity of whale interaction between humans and fish lately. Where whales seem to be becoming more playful uh, with people who go out whale sighting. When, when your birthday can be a friend or foe to you, remember it, it came into the planet with you, but it's representative of everything you've ever been and everything you can become. And it's coded in that birthday. And um, you know, I mean, Robert Blake had the same birth had the same uh, birth date essentially as uh, James Gandolfini. They were born in different years. One was born thirty-three, the other was born sixty-one. They both born September eighteenth, and they're both thirty-four-seven. But you see, the the energies are different. So the intensity of a birth date is contingent on the intensity of the person and what they what they either move into and focus on or otherwise evade and try to avoid. But the birthday won't change. And the objective of this game board, if you will, is to fulfill every, the, the, the full volume, the full essence of every number that's in your birth date once you've learned how to define what the numbers mean, whether they're chakras or whatever they may be. So in that regard, we have a we have sort of opens them to narrations now. But Well, you see, some of some of the what where does it come? Are we combining things like that? Are we also being raw material psychic? and experiencing the inward visions that we are having regarding somebody else. You know, what's the whole gambit of that process? Uh, I think that be, being a good psychic is it, an assemblage of resources and raw material. I don't think it just comes from one thing, although there are psychics that only do one thing. Definitely. Well, we were just talking about that on the last show. Interesting about Jenna, too, which I didn't know is she's Russian. We're also Eastern European. So, you know, there's that tribal element between the three of us that could have, you know, joined us together in yeah. this lifetime. And her, her karmic and master numbering involves a lot of our energies, too, combined. Yeah, they do. Um, so there, you know, but, but that's the tribal... <laughs> Sometimes our callers call because of the tribal um, wire. It, it's extending, like George Carlin once did this funny routine where he was playing um, Edison, and he and he was doing Edison like his, he was a cross-eyed kind of stupid person, and he was trying to convince a team of scientists that uh, 
people were going to be able to talk across the country, across the world. And they said, well, how are they going to do it? And then in his cross-eyed manner, he holds up this wire and he goes through this. Mm-hmm. And it was a funny routine. It's somewhere in his archives, it must be there. But, you know, when we're, when we're talking about how do we communicate, what are the wires that we're using in order to involve ourselves in a language that becomes prophetic or insightful or downright psychic is that connection. And the question more is that the connection about being a psychic is really, the terminology is really, it's invisible. It's, it's spirit. It's soul. And, and so what we have to do is sort of convert that into a body language. Exactly. Because in its origin, there is no language that is perceivable to the tongue. It's a vibration that we translate, just like we try to translate an animal's vibration well, and then that's, into our language. And then, you know, that becomes the difficulty for the psychic, being able to interpret that accurately, when so often the messages are not interpreted accurately, or maybe they're not even hearing messages. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, yeah, but it's the truth. So you got to be careful out there. Well, you do have to be careful out there. But on the other hand, if you if you care to entertain the idea of where we're coming from, I mean, even with house plants, uh, I I've, I've since I was a kid, the house plants that I've taken care of, every time I walk by, they wiggle, they say hello, they they shake. There's no pavement thing going on. There's no pickup truck driving by. They actually have an energy consciousness. Now, why is that? Because the astral energy of this particular human being is granting them substance. And there's a full acknowledgement. Now, that doesn't mean that every houseplant keeper, and I'm not a great houseplant keeper, will have that experience. But if you're psychic and you're doing it, it's going to be a more intense intense vibration. It's like it's just between a car going by your house and a fire truck. The siren of the energy, if you will, the sound, the vibration of someone who is in tune with being psychic is going to have a broader range of communicating with anything and everything. And it becomes quite fascinating if anyone wants to indulge in something like that. It does. And we are going to continue our fascination over the weekend, but close the show. We're out of time, everybody. Hope to hear from some of you next show. We're back on the air 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Bye-bye.